All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the uh, puck report. Brought to you by Fountain Tire. More than just tires, uh, they offer a wide range of auto repair services uh, from their expert mechanics. Visit FountainTire.com to see all the mechanical services that they offer. As we welcome in Ryan Leslie from uh, Rogers Sportsnet. Good morning, Ryan. Welcome back to Sports 1440. Mr. Carius, thanks for having me. How are you? Oh, just doing outstanding here, and thanks for coming on. Really appreciate and enjoy talking to you, uh, all of our engagements uh, over the years. So, first of all, yes. you know what? Last night, I mean, everyone's been talking about the, the Blake Coleman hand pass. I, I look at it like this. this. What happened, what I saw, that's the dumbest, stupidest, yeah. correct call yeah. that I think I've ever seen. I don't know. what's. Yeah, the, I mean, you know. It it hurts be, uh, if you're. It doesn't matter what team you are. It just hurts because if you're a fan and you paid whatever money, whatever rink, whatever team you cheer for, that was a really good game, Kev. And mm-hmm. and to have it kind of have that now. Full credit to the Leafs and their uh, and their uh, video coaches. I mean, they are top notch uh, to pick up on that. Not a lot of us did in real time. The refs, Sheldon Keefe, uh, our eyes. I mean, there was some. Uh, there was contact, so yeah. it's the right call. But there's an issue, I think, with the spirit of the call, and yeah. uh, I think that will be one that may be looked at in the future. I don't want to stand on the soapbox and rant and rave, but mm-hmm. that that's one that kind of ruined a otherwise really good game. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun last night just mm-hmm. to kind of see the ebbs and flows of that one. But unfortunately, that had a a lot of impact on it. Well, was it about like 45 seconds before the goal was scored, Ryan? About that or? Uh, I'd have to double yeah, check the time, I but I think you're right. It was, long ways. If, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was that long, but yeah. it might have been. I'd have to go back. But and I say, you know, that had an impact on the game. But so too did Austin Matthews, oh. who was lights out. And uh, boy, when those big boys get going, uh, I mean, that wasn't. You know, the flames will say it's the right call. It sucked, but that wasn't why they lost the game. It was turnovers for mm-hmm. them. So. You don't sit there and, and make excuses uh, as a player, as a coach, or or certainly as anybody uh, covering this team. You kind of look at really the root of the problem, and it was turnovers, and, and the big boys uh, went to work. Uh, Ryan Leslie from Rogers Sportsnet, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. I did catch uh, a few minutes, and it was a brief uh, final uh, postgame conf- conference from Coach Ryan Hoska. Boy, he, he mentioned the word neutral zone about 10 times, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of uh a lot of the uh, storyline came down to that neutral zone. Um but if you look a little deeper, you know, I think we want to point to Matthews, we want to point to the call, we want to point to turnovers, but yeah, for him there that's where the battle uh, lay and that's uh that's fair and and you know I think if you're Calgary you've been really happy with a lot of those uh, zones in the last four or five games. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh it's one that um you know, I think coaches will dissect completely differently. Um, but there was still lots to like. I mean, you're up to nothing. You gave that up. You felt good going into the third, where you're the best team, one of the best teams in the third period comeback department. So, and you knew Toronto was giving up leads. So you felt as though, okay, we get a little momentum here. You get her moving. 
And then Connor Zary did what he did. And, uh, but yeah, the neutral zone, you know, I think that's more for coaches to break down. But certainly the eye test, uh, there was a number of things there that uh, that stood out last night. Hey, Ryan, we, you know, Toronto was here, you know, a couple of days before. And, I mean, the atmosphere was electric at Rogers. A similar situation for you last night with the Leafs there? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. blue and white travel really well. I mean, um you know, it was a great atmosphere, and there was buzz right before. And how could there not be in your great city because of the uh, superstar power at both ends? Oh. So, you know, I, I get it. Like, that, that to me is a marquee matchup. That should be coast-to-coast, prime time, all of it. Yeah. And Calgary, uh, full marks for getting, um, you know, most of their game going last night. But... Yeah, I had a great chat with uh, Brad Terliving, the GM of the Leafs, former GM of the uh, Flames, and, you know, <laughs> he's still adjusting to everything that is that market. And uh, it's it's a fascinating read on uh, on the, the game and the media and that hype that you were talking about and the excitement. I mean, it is, it's a different animal out there. And I know Edmonton's intense. I know Vancouver's pretty intense. And uh, Toronto is just... You know Montreal certainly, but Toronto's a different beast, I think, and uh, and so with that comes hype whenever they come into another Canadian building. It's mm-hmm. wild. Ryan Leslie with us on Sports fourteen forty, kind of at the halfway mark, and you know we were asking. I I had Dan Rosen on uh, a little earlier, and he was talking about Nathan McKinnon being his, I guess, Hart Trophy pick right now at the halfway point going mm-hmm. into the All Star yeah. game. Uh, who would you say that would be for the Flames right now, or could you just kind of oh. narrow it down to one? Yeah, I don't know if, if the Flames have anybody uh, in that conversation, uh, in that Nathan McKinnon. I, I mean team-wise. Sorry, team-wise, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> team-wise, I mean, Blake Coleman has done everything. He's been in the third period. He's, you know, one of the best in the third period, uh, leading the team. Uh, he's a leader. He's a heart and soul guy. He's great with the media. He's you know, I said this on the broadcast. When I come back, I want, you know, I want to come back as Blake Coleman <laughs> one day. I don't know if it's the Two Stanley Cups, the uh, uh, Dallas Cowboys <laughs> yeah. uh, cheerleader wife, who's just a wonderful person who comes from a great family, two beautiful kids, and one on the way. Uh, you know, great contract extension. He's leading the team. He's, or I guess, a great contract when he came to Calgary, I should say. And, uh, you know, he's leading the team in scoring and, and just an overall well rounded, good person. So that that's a guy that for me would be right in there, but Jacob Markstrom's been their MVP. There's no denying it. Uh, he's been just so good, and uh, and I hope that he's getting the recognition around the league because he has been one of the best. Now, his numbers early on took a hit. He's come back, and even, you know, when he battled back, you know, out of that, the way that things started there, but then he got injured. And he came back from that finger, and he's just been yeah. lights out, honestly, Kevin. Like, he's just been, you know, it's almost like that trend you see with Markstrom. One year is a little bit down, and the next year he's, you know, all-world. And right now he's been all-world. So they obviously, with this, you know, latest injury, which I don't know if he's going to play. They're off today. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to play against the Oilers tomorrow. He's still out with the lower body day-to-day. Um, so we'll see. But, uh Calgary is, I mean, they're just feeding off whatever he's doing. So I would say it's Markstrom and then it's Coleman. I want to come back as Ryan Leslie. So, yeah. bald, <laughs> short, 
pasty. Uh, where do you, well, I, there's a lot of other places. I got British teeth from the 1700s. Yeah, it's, you, it's you, really great. You were there. sort of kind of describing yourself like uh, Costanza in that one episode, yeah. the, the short, quirky, bald man to Marissa Tomei. Yeah, no, that's it. Look angry, look busy, too. So. Yeah, now let's let's set the bar a little higher. Okay? <laughs> oh, come on now. Uh, you know what, Ryan? Every time I turn a Flames game on, it seems uh, Igor Sharangovich scores a goal in yeah. the last little bit. Man, he's on fire, isn't he? He has, and you know, lots have been made about how he's now outscoring uh, Tyler Toffoli, which is great because he's he's younger, and he did have a good season with New Jersey a couple of years ago, and uh, you know where the offense was there, but. This was a guy who, when they acquired him, they kind of put on that whiteboard in the summer, the old uh, have him on the top line, and it didn't really look like the right call uh, early on. They gave him a, a look there. He dropped all the way down to the fourth line, and then you start to say, okay, well, wait a minute, some language, some systems, some you know, new teammates, everything's new. And, you know, I know that isn't always the excuse for every player that comes to a new situation. There's guys who light it up right away. But this guy was just getting his feet wet a little bit. Um, and then he took off. And he has been lights out, second in uh, team scoring. And, you know, timely goals. Uh, he's got a skill set that they don't necessarily have, Kevin. Like, you know, when it comes to shootouts or breakaway or one-on-one, you know, you guys are blessed with a lot of those players up there. They don't have a lot of that here. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of one that they've identified as there's maybe a little bit of that skill uh, that is unique to this market. They don't have a lot of it. It's a bit more of a pack mentality, grind it out, play hard, both ways, all that. They don't have that game breaker. I think you know where I'm going, and yeah. I think you know he's one that, wait a minute, maybe given the fact that he's a little bit younger, he's a little more comfortable now, he's a little bit more, um, he's getting rewarded. And, uh, you know, Tyler Toffoli was a leading goal scorer here and was a great piece. He wanted long-term uh, you know, term and dough, and it just didn't make a lot of sense given where they were with everything in their current situation. So when they made that move, everything was, okay, well, we'll see. That's an example of them getting younger and don't know a lot about this guy. And it's uh, a feather in um, Craig Conroy's cap because uh, this is working out now, mm-hmm. and it's working out dollars and cents-wise now and long-term right now. Uh and it's working out production-wise. So, hey, um, good on him. And he's been a factor, like a legitimate factor yeah. on most nights. Ryan Leslie with us uh, on Sports 1440. Ryan, what are the chances? Can you put a percentage on Elias Lindholm and how, I guess, confident are you confident? I mean, Frank Saravalli has Elias Lindholm basically at the top of his trade board. Is there a chance he can sign in, in Calgary and stay? I don't think so, um, but I don't. And you say when you look at scenarios like this, and you'd say to yourself, "Well, that one, yeah, you can't. That's a two-way centerman. That's a guy who had X number of points with Matthew and John, and he's really responsible, and he's, you know, he's in the prime of his career. All these things, but you know, his financial uh, hopes are a little too lofty here. You know, they've they've been saddled with some contracts that are tough to swallow, and they, not to suggest that Elias Lindholm isn't a good hockey player, he's an elite hockey player. But I just don't know with the dough, and, you know, he may come to a point, too, where 
he doesn't want to come down from what he wants and they can't come up and his production's down and you know it's just one of those things i just don't see it mm-hmm. to be to be honest with you um i'd be happy to be wrong he's a good hockey player but if you're looking at what the dollars and cents look like that's another one where you say okay yeah. if, it's, if it's nine million for, or if it's uh you know, nine times eight, you just can't. I don't think you can do that given the direction of, of this team right now. So time will tell, but I'm not holding my breath on that one. Ryan, what have you made of the play of Connor Zary since his call-up? Uh, we saw some just, you know, bright flashes, glimpses so many times during the games, and, you know, he's still trying to find his way. Uh, but, boy, he is, he's been a, an exceptional, I guess, call-up and, and to the start of his NHL career. Is there any more that they can ask of him uh, in the early going here? Well, uh, you can always ask more of younger players in so many ways, you know, that don't jump out. Um, again, both sides, you know, offensive, defensive, uh, special teams, you know, you name it. But I'm going to tell you, I didn't see this coming, Kevin. I didn't see this kid making this kind of an impact. There was no indication. Now, he was a first-round pick, so you have to say, well, Ryan, come on, the first-rounder. Brad Living traded down twice and got him. And 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 Tree mentioned to me recently, you know, I, I may have held him back a little bit uh, last year um, just for a number of reasons. He kind of put that on himself. Um, I saw nothing to indicate to me, anyhow, even as recently as his training camp, that he was ready. And I'm not trying to dump on the guy. I'm just saying, I didn't see it. I am so impressed with this young man. I am so impressed with his play, his poise, his decision-making. He's still learning the NHL game, and there's going to be a few bumps in the road, 100%. But what you're seeing from this kid, on and off the ice, is just such a pleasant surprise. He's such a pleasure to deal with. I love watching him play. I I, I gotta say, and again, I gotta go back to saying I didn't see him playing like this at any point since he's been drafted. I junior, I didn't see, I didn't have eyes on him in person. But this is, you know, credit to him, credit to Nazem Kadri, credit to Martin Pospisil. This line. Uh, I credit the coach for giving him these opportunities. They sent him down with, you know, instruction. Be mad. Take this. Yeah, be mad and use it and come back up. I can't say enough good things about him. Um, this guy's got a smile, you know, a mile long. Every day he's at the rink. Uh, his dad, we had a chance to meet him on the dad's trip. Just a great guy, great stories. These are the type of players that you really root for. Now, is he a late-round draft pick who doesn't stand a chance? Is this a Rudy-like situation? No. But this is what you hope for. This is what you want to see. And uh, if you're a Flames fan, you know, I think you got a real reason to be not – I'm not talking about, you know, top five overall pick excitement. But I'm talking about you got somebody here – in your top six for the next number of years. I, I'm careful to not put too much uh, on him, mm-hmm. but I just think, you know, when you watch him play, man, it's, we talked about that one-on-one Yegor Sharangovich skill set. I wonder if this is a guy who's a, a playmaker and a finisher. He's got a nose for the game and the net, and I don't know. I just like watching him play. I really do. 
Ryan Leslie with us. One more for you, Ryan, from uh, Roger Sportsnet on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Just your, your thoughts on tomorrow. I'm sure I'm sure the Calgary fans and the Flames would like nothing more than to break this 12-game uh, winning streak that the Oilers are on. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, this is going to be an exciting Saturday night. Now, two teams are in very different positions uh, as we... As we discuss at the moment, uh, full marks to what Edmonton's doing uh, for the bumpy ride that it was and has been. I don't think anybody, and I, you know, I speak from somebody who's in another market and is in every other NHL market. Uh, everybody knew that this was going to happen. I don't know if everybody predicted 12, Kevin, but there's just too much talent there not to turn this around. So you tip your cap, you buckle up. And you hope that everybody on that given night, if you're the opposition, is dialed in. There's no reason not to be. There's no reason to ever take this team lightly. There's no reason not to have your A game. It's Saturday night. It's hockey night in Canada. It's the Battle of Alberta. And it is one team that is rolling. And it's another team that's hanging on for dear life. I can't wait to see how it all goes down. It could be a beautiful game. It could be a blowout. It could be a slop fest. I I don't anticipate any any real violence of any kind, but I think we could be in store for an actual hockey game that, that gives you a little bit of, uh, well, most of everything. And, uh, and I'm excited about it. It's, it's, uh, it's a team. It, if you can't get up for this, I don't know why you watch the game. I think fans in both markets were really looking forward to the Leafs coming to town uh, in both cities uh, this week. But I think, both cities will trump that and say, this is the one I've had my eyes on, especially with what, what's uh, been going down. Hey, Ryan, thanks for sharing some time with us this morning, and uh, we'll see you at the rink soon. Take care, buddy. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it, and uh, enjoy Saturday night. It's going to be a good one. Uh, thanks a lot, Ryan. That's uh, Ryan Leslie from uh, Rogers Sportsnet, and our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire, helping you stay on the road. Uh, you know what? Head to fountaintire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. When we come back, Nate Paperni and Lee Zalaski from the Junior Oilers. It's kind of like a athletic club appreciation night, if you will, tonight at Bill Hunter and our St. Albert Dodge game of the day. That's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, this should be some fun for our uh, St. Albert Dodge game of the day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge, where over 300 new Dodge Rams and Jeeps are available. They got 0% financing for up to 72 months on select models and 0% also available on all the Ram 1500s. That's only at stalbertdodge.com as we welcome in Nate Paperni and Lee Zalaski from the Junior Oilers. Uh, Hey, fellas, welcome to Sports 1440. Yeah, thanks for having us, Kevin. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Well, uh, you know what, uh, Nate and Lee, we've talked a lot over the years. Uh, you know, Lee, you played at U of A, and Nate, you've been coaching, you know, kids for a long, long time, and both of you got into coaching. But this is kind of a special night tonight with the Athletic Club sort of a appreciation night at Bill Hunter. Nate, I'll let you kind of answer and run with it, what it's all about. And then, Lee, after uh, Nate's done, just sort of kind of pony on it and how excited you are uh, for tonight's game. Yeah, it's a great event. Uh, Hockey Edmonton puts us on to show appreciation to the four clubs. Um, from our side, I mean, we got 18 out of 20 guys that were developed by those four athletic clubs. And um, all the presidents come out tonight. They get honoured. And free admission for everybody coming out. So it should be a good atmosphere in the barn. And 
we're one and one head to head this year. <laughs> so it uh, should be an emotional tilt down a Phil Hunter tonight. Go ahead, Lee. Yeah, uh, thanks there. Uh, so, yeah, we're similar, 18 out of 20 from our club associations uh, are, are part of this game tonight. I think the the guys that are most excited don't have to get up for it. The players themselves, uh, both games thus far have been playoff-like atmosphere, a lot of emotion, the intensity's high, and uh, you're just trying to control your players, <laughs> keep them playing between the whistles because uh, they go at it pretty good, but they're, they're good buddies off the ice. Once the game's over, they chat and all that, but when on the ice, you would think they're the worst enemies, but they take it pretty serious, and the, the game will be highly competitive, and it'll be a good game, and like Nate said, it's free admission, so it'll be a really good event and honour the, the associations as well. So, Nate, with the under-18 AAA Junior Oilers program, can you sort of tell our listeners what it's all about, it, how it came to be, and I guess where it was, and I guess where it's going? Yeah, so before, uh, it was the four, four clubs running it, so Southside, KC, CAC, and MLAC. Um, last year, they made a change, so basically up to U17, it's still the four-club system. And then from there, you go to either Junior Oilers Blue or Junior Oilers Orange. Um, so really, it's made it a lot more competitive for us, obviously going from four teams down to two. Um, but it was a necessary need, I think. I mean, there's two academy uh, U18 programs in the city as well. So a couple of years ago, we were basically running at six U18 programs. Um, so now it's down to four, two in our league, two in the other league, obviously. Um, and the results are are there. I mean, Lee and I were both at the max this last year, at Circle K, sorry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, both did well there. And, again, both uh, doing well in the league so far. So, Lee, um, what about the evolution, I guess, of where you've seen hockey come as far as you know, coaching and putting teams together with the academies. And, and again, you mentioned all the clubs. So, you know, uh, how have we got to this stage where we're at? And I guess it's just all for to try to keep the game and the kids to have the most competitive environment possible. Is that kind of uh, safe to say? 100%. There's been other leagues that have, have opened up in you know, around the area and through Western Canada and given players different options so it's it's moved to more of a business model so to speak and uh in saying that uh, you know there's trying to keep things competitive and uh players challenged in in their development and growth uh so when hockey edmonton reevaluated areas they could improve uh moving to two teams at the u18 level seemed seemed uh, reasonable and uh, we're competitive with those academies and uh, those private leagues out there. And giving our players a product that they can show up in the, in, within their development. Uh, so, you know, the junior Oilers themselves, putting the Oilers being involved in it, it really helps uh, helps uh, for player recruitment, player and hopefully player retention down the road. But uh, between Nate, ourself, and the junior Oilers, uh, creating two programs that are highly competitive and they're going to create opportunities uh, we can we compete against the, the teams in the other academies with with the models they're providing. So ultimately, provide a, a solid development model, and I think we're heading in the right direction. That's Lee Zalaska. We've also got Nate Paperni on the line, a Junior Oilers uh, program, the under eighteen AAA squads, orange and blue. A big game tonight for Athletic Club Appreciation down at Bill Hunter Arena for an eight fifteen puck drop. If you want to go, you'll see some of the best young kids going uh, in action tonight. Uh, so Nate, uh, are you orange or blue? I can't remember. 
We're blue. Okay, tell, tell us a little about your team, uh, what you like about it, uh, how it came together, how it's gelling, uh, how are you guys looking? Yeah, we uh, we came out hot out of the gate. We had a little bit of a lull there in November um, and then started finding our footing again around Christmas. Uh, we had a great showing at the Circle K or the Max, I guess. Um, we won the D championship there, so... Um, kind of rolling on a high and then coming out of Christmas so far we're we're two and two out but uh very competitive in the north I mean it's it's up for the grabs and uh we got a good team that works really hard um yeah exciting group for sure uh you spent I don't know what a, a good dozen years uh, with various teams at the south side athletic club uh I guess what has that club meant for you to kind of you know become the coach that you are today oh yeah um as a player and a coach, almost 20 years there. Um, led green and red for a long time there. It was uh, a lot of support. Um, I, I was 24, I think, when I started there. Had three kids through that club and a lot of friends, a lot of memories. And, uh, yeah, just learning the support. I mean, they had my back for a lot of years there. And, uh, yeah, they couldn't be more thankful and grateful for my time there. And Lee, you know what's funny? I was uh, looking through an old program uh, because we had uh, uh, the, uh, a couple guests on with the John Reed uh, tournament. Uh, you had Jeff Giacobo, the coach of the St. Albert squad. I was looking at a program from five years ago, and I think you were coaching the team, right? In, that was at the John Reed that year. And uh, Connor Bedard was playing in the John Reed. But just what about your coaching evolution? And after you, you know, you played with the Golden Bears and, and where you are and uh, kind of what, what you see with your team as well, uh, Team Orange. Yeah. So let's, let's start with the team aspect uh, here. I think with our culture, ultimately try to build a culture within within the Oilers, uh, especially the Orange. After we split up, right, right, we had a draft originally between blue and orange. But once we got down our numbers, built, establishing a culture where guys were competitive, uh, some some t- core values of being, tr- you know, playing with with joy was the biggest one for us, and finding guys that want to be uh, playing that style. And they come to rink excited every day, work with each other, being positive, and and find those types of athletes. And I, I think that's kind of helped helped evolve our team, especially as we've hit some adversity through uh, through like what Nate kind of mentioned a little bit of lulls at times of the year. Um, so we we've pushed through. We had a good Circle K. Our our team's competitive. Uh, we play with a lot of pace. Uh, we forecheck hard. Uh, we're quick on pucks and stuff like that. So it's it's a it's a high paced, I'd say, up tempo style play. And as the guys play for each other, they play hard and try to play the game the right way. So um, pushing in the right direction and uh, came like we're we're two out of two here out of the gates too in uh, January. So a little bit of setback coming back from the Circle K, but we had a we had a good showing in Circle K and. Uh, we were really happy with the way our team played and the individuals showed up and prepared. So a lot of positive things to take and move into the second half or the stretch here, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Sorry I threw too many questions at, at you there at <laughs> once, but uh, just about how, you know, how and why you got into coaching after you know, the Bears and things like that. So ultimately for me, it was always the, the competition. And I think when I left the game, the playing, I got into teaching uh, about 2010. And I was doing some senior hockey uh, trying to figure out what I was going to do. And uh, within my teaching job, Barry Midori was there uh, at the academy, and he he's with Hockey Alberta at that time. And he connected me 
to one of the, the Bantam AAA or U15 teams at that time with Parkland Athletic Club. And from there, I spent some years in the U15 level. It's a really good level, work with young athletes and trying to help them get them build some good habits so we can set them up for that next step of elite minor hockey. And then from there, trickled into U17 and now U18. So mm-hmm. helping uh, U18 players try to make that jump from – uh, you know, high school age to make that jump to junior or wherever that next step may be, uh, or or ultimately if they're this is their final year, helping them establish those life skills and those working habits so they can move into the the, the you know whatever that next step is, whether it's school or the working world or wherever they want to take it after this year. Mm-hmm. So try to create opportunities and and just work on them, work with them, sorry to uh, to build those habits. So mm-hmm. yeah, you mentioned St. Albert. <laughs> there was uh, you know. You look at the players we went through there. Uh, there was, uh, I was fortunate to be going to go to that John Reed three years, and mm-hmm. uh, there were some elite players that come through. Both, both, you know, within your own team, we had Matt Savoy at that time, and then, but also the players you're you're playing against. Uh, there was a lot of elite talent, and it was really fun to watch. And I was never at that level myself personally, <laughs> but you know, just watching those guys, what they can do, and uh, it's pretty amazing, pretty amazing uh, athleticism. How many years, Lee, did you play with Derek Ryan at the U of A? I played three with him, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that was probably a highlight. Probably the low light was playing with Brad Tuchek. How bad of a player was he? <laughs> yeah. He just told me where to sit on the bench, Brad. <laughs> and I just listened because he was a fifth year and I was a first year. But uh, the culture there was, you know, overall with the U of A was always team first mentality. And no matter how many points you had or the skill level you had, it was – it was team first and whatever role you're asked to do, you did to your best. And um, it, it, it bred, bred excellence mm-hmm. and provided opportunities for athletes to come out there, whether it be jobs uh, in the business world or whatever it may be. And like for Derek Ryan, uh, create another opportunity. And it's, it's continuing to create opportunities for athletes as they leave that program, go to Europe or go to the American League. So setting them up with uh, good opportunities through there. I, I tried my best to stay on a line with them, but they <laughs> – they disagreed with me, and they found another home for me and a, a better home for him. But yeah. uh, very good player, and he was he was uh, dedicated to, you know, ultimately being a, a better person uh, and a good better player. Like he was he was a dual mode. So um, you know, between those two things, uh, you know, there's the sky's limit mm-hmm. kind of thing, and he he's he's proven that. That's uh, Lee Zalaski. We've also got Nate Paperni on the line uh, as the junior Oilers get ready for a big game tonight. So, uh, Nate, just to kind of run us down, again, 8-15 tonight, Bill Hunter, Team Orange, Team, team Blue. Uh, if fans are going down, what can they expect uh, watching this game tonight? Uh, well, one, limited parking. So make sure you get there early. Um, again, free admission tonight. So it should be a pretty packed barn. Uh, there's a bit of an opening ceremony there, and then uh, kind of like Lee touched about before, it'll be an emotional playoff atmosphere. Um, should be a dandy, I would say. I'm really looking forward. I'm going to try to sneak down there and watch this one because it's uh, I kind of had it marked on the calendar when I heard about it. So, hey, guys, can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, great job. Uh, coaching uh, all these young men and trying to, I guess, shape and mold them into into young, not just young hockey players, but young men uh, moving forward to, in our, our community that, where they can, uh, you know, grow and prosper. I, I know that's the, the main goal for you. So uh, thanks for hopping on. Uh, good luck tonight. Hopefully it's a great game down at Bill Hunter. Bill Hunter. Yeah, thanks for having us, Kevin. All right, that's yeah, uh, thank you. That's Nate Paperni and Lee Zalaski. It's the uh, Junior Oilers tonight. Uh, so basically, athletic club 
appreciation night at Bill Hunter Arena, 8.15 puck drop. So just to kind of go over it, so Maple Leaf Athletic Club, Canadian Athletic Club, Southside Athletic Club, and the KC. So, and you heard both Lee and Nate say that, you know, of their teams, 18 of each of their 20 players on these teams have, you know, they are a product of these four clubs. And... This is how hockey's going. I mean, you talk, you heard about what them, what, what them saying about the academies, and and you know you've got the schools, and you've got you know all these other leagues hopping up. It's not, and it's not like it was years ago where you were a, a CAC or or you were a, a South Sider or you were with the MLAC or you were a KSC guy. Uh, it's it's different now. It's the times that we live in in hockey and where and what we are going through. So you know you just think about it. Like you, you got Quick Card Minor Hockey Week as well. This weekend wrapping up at uh, Terwilliger. So the game tonight, quick card, John Reed tournament in St. Albert. Man, you've got a plethora of uh, young minor hockey kids. If you want to go out and watch some young kids and the talent and the future of our game, uh, check it out. That's our uh, St. Albert Dodge game of the day with an industry-leading 4.6 Google review rating. Head up the trail to St. Albert Dodge. See how easy it is to do business with the great people there. Uh, Just check out St. Albert Dodge. Com. Thanks to Brad McCrory for lining that up from St. Albert Dodge. Brad sent me off a couple of texts uh, earlier in the week and saying this is a, kind of a, a good game that I think we can kind of look at. And I think it's, again, I, I expect a full house at Bill Hunter Arena to see these two teams. Again, you're looking at uh, some of the best under-18 players in our city that will be going uh, head-to-head tonight. Uh, team Orange, Team Blue, Bill Hunter Arena. 8.15. We are back to wrap up uh, what was a, man, another busy week here on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Wow, that's how you end the week, right, Duke? Isn't that how you... Do you nope. feel good no when you're better. here, too? I do. It, it, it puts me in a good mood, 100%. What did, you, what did you think when I said, let's end the week every week? Well, like I, I obviously I've seen Slapshot, but... Mm-hmm. When you think about, like, I'll be honest, that song isn't the first thing that comes to mind when I think of the movie. Uh, and I, it's not like I watch it super regularly, so it was not fresh in the mind. So I didn't really know what you were talking about when you first brought it up. But, like, <laughs> here we are. Uh, what is what is today? Uh, 93? 94. 94. 94. Yeah. Saul 94, Duke. So uh, however many, uh, whatever, basically five months later, it. Uh, I love it. I, I wouldn't end, uh, end the show's week on any other note. Someone asked me the other day what uh, Saul was too. Did, did I ever tell you what that is? Do you think? Did you mention that? Or no, you mentioned yesterday why you why you started at the beginning. It's and, kind and of an ode to Rod Phillips. And yes, then, yeah. And then at the end of uh, you know or coming back from a break, it's what Big David, program. David Letterman, yeah, David Letterman, yeah, yeah. But no, the Saul one. No, you didn't mention that. Yesterday. Saul. What Saul means is that it's even longer than a day. Like it's about twenty four hours in some. A, a day on Mars technically is a little bit longer. <laughs> yes, Saul. You know. So that's what they call it, like just an extra. It's like twenty four hours in a few minutes. Okay, so that's I'm just having such a great time here. So it's like, it's like better how yeah. the uh, the a year is technically three hundred sixty five and a quarter days. It might be more, yeah, just a yeah. hair longer. That, hence, obviously, just, just, it is a leap here this year. Yeah, I, I know about and, that. <laughs> and you and you know what? As a looping back to earlier this week, the big Cebolia. <laughs> It's February 29th birthday. Wow, so he's like the, 10 years old. The young man turns uh turns 7. Five, 7. He turns 7 this year. <laughs> I love so that. So I think we'll uh, we'll have a little celebration for that one at the end of the end of the next month. Oh, outstanding. Uh, send a text in 18334011440. Uh what's your favorite Battle of Alberta moment? We've got some open text line till the top of the hour here. And I mean, a lot of our listeners are younger. They don't remember 
the, <laughs> the real Battle of Alberta back in the 80s. I mean, a lot of people, I think, love the Cam Talbot, Mike Smith scrap. For me, it's I'll go back to the 80s for sure, but I was lucky enough to cover the Oilers and Flames series in 2022, so a couple of years ago. And I was in, and Mark Spector talked about it being up on the catwalk at the saddle home. It's way different. Like now, when you go to a normal, a newer rink, you're in the press box and it's fancier and it's way up there. Saddle home and press box, it's you're on the catwalk technically and you're, you can feel it move. And, and anyway, the Oilers defeated the Flames there in game five. Uh, Connor McDavid scored in overtime. And I was standing, I wish, and I, I, I wish I would have had my phone out and I never thought about it, but, and, and I don't know, I, I think they would have been cool with it, but I was probably, oh, maybe 15 feet away from the Oilers brass because I was getting ready to go downstairs. That's how uh, cozy and intimate it is. The Oilers brass, so we're talking Kenny Holland, Billy Scott, there was probably seven or eight guys up there. Well, when Connor McDavid scored, that group, started jumping for joy and hugging and I mean the elation that you saw uh, for about 30 seconds I just wish a guy had been kind of rolling on a camera phone it would have been video that the Oilers would have loved the Oilers would have said can we have that video because that was such a an intimate uh, time uh, and maybe it's better that it wasn't recorded. I don't know. Our very best to tomorrow to Ethan Hallaby. He's fighting Adolfo uh, Madrigal. We've had Ethan and Kenny Lacusta in the studio here, uh, well, about a month ago. Ethan fights tomorrow at the River Cree Resort and Casino uh, against Adolfo Madrigal. So all the very best to Ethan. Uh, one of the top up-and-coming boxers in our city. We've pr- produced so many great boxers uh, from, you know, Kenny Lacusta to Scotty Bulldog Olson to to uh, Jelena Mergenovich. So very best to Ethan Hallaby tomorrow in his fight at the River Cree. Playbook Vixis. <laughs> my favorite Battle of Alberta moment, watching uh, Turtle and Johnny Hockey run as far away from the Oilers as possible after getting destroyed in the playoffs. Rockford says, Gretzky's slap shot goal over Mike Vernon's shoulder. Uh, you got to have Gretzky on your show uh, for 99. Uh, would that be a Grant Fear day? No, but we could. I have a feeling we'll be getting Wayne Gretzky on uh, in the near future. How does that sound? One other, uh, I did uh, sort of a, a series, Duke, when during COVID, and we talked, because uh, it was kind of the anniversary of when the Oilers and Flames played. And you remember uh, um, uh, Theron Fleury scored the goal and then skated out, you know, to center ice, did a couple somersaults and, you know, everything, snow angels. Kevin Lowe came in to our studios and we had sort of an edit suite, kind of the size of what we have here in the studio. And we had all the games, we had all the moments from the archives. So we went back in the archives 25 years or whatever it was and showed all of the, you know, the highlights. And I said, Kevin, what did you, at this point, da, 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 da. Well, Kevin Lowe said, you know, Theron Fleury had done nothing until he scored that goal. And then he starts rolling around and he goes, and he says, that little bastard, he goes, and then he didn't know what to say. And they, uh, unfortunately, and I didn't, I was really upset about it. They took that, they took the word out in the story. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's, that's, that word has to go in that story. And I got uh, overruled by, I guess, someone higher up the food chain. And I wasn't happy about it. I was really upset about it. 
And it would have made the story a lot better had they allowed Kevin Lowe to say that in the story. Uh, the Messier giveaway. Yes, that's right. Gretzky slap shot over Vernon's shoulder in overtime. Can't get better than a Battle of Alberta iconic moment. So, Duke, will you? So, you're going to be able to see this game tonight, or are you in transition? You're like see it live. I know you. You see all the games, but will you be back at home? Or are you going to be for for tomorrow's Battle of Alberta game? Yeah, tomorrow tomorrow's game. Uh, no, I. So I'll be at the Rebels game. Um, yeah, during yeah, it, yeah. but I will be uh, probably flipping back and forth on my phone between the uh, Saturday night football game, Niners, Packers, as well as the uh, Oilers and Flames. So I've got a lot of things going on, but I, I do this to myself all the time, Kevin. I commit to things usually <laughs> without actually looking at my own personal schedule or like the bigger picture. Because if you recall, we had Kenny and Ethan in the mm-hmm. studio back at the end of December. We were talking about it. I was so amped up. I'm like, tell me where to buy my tickets right yeah. now, right? And, and Ethan was like, yeah, let me know, and we'll, we'll get everything set up for you guys to come. Fast forward to like two and a half, three weeks ago, a friend of mine from down uh, back home, his cousin is in town to play uh, Red Deer tonight, or tomorrow night, tomorrow. pardon me, um, with the, the visiting team, and said, yeah, me and my girlfriend are going. Best group of guys. Do you guys want to come? We always have a good time. We go to the Centrum and taking the Rebels games. It's a great atmosphere, drinks, food, et cetera. And I said, oh, yeah, I'll mm-hmm. go no problem without looking at, A, this was the night of the Hallaby fight, or B, it was the week of, or weekend of the divisional playoffs, so I knew there'd be a football game Saturday night, or C, the Battle of Alberta. So uh, a few too many irons in the fire. Unfortunately, I do this to myself way more often than I should, but unfortunately, I'll uh, try and try and cover as many bases as I can over the course of the evening, but I'll probably fail in that regard. Ah, oh, but Duke, you and plus the chores. We haven't even talked about <laughs> well, the chores. Well, that Saturday morning, I told I told I told my sister, I was like, I'm good until about one thirty and then I'm uh, I'm probably gonna jet into uh Red Deer, I would think, go over to a buddy's place, watch the uh Texans Ravens game, hang out there, maybe we'll go out for some dinner and stuff before heading over to the uh the the <laughs> centrum for the Rebels game. I mean, I don't know. You're a busy guy. I don't know how you do it. Okay, so this text just came from AT and the Deer. Okay. Don't forget about the ice cream of the Centrium. If you have never, inside what used to be called the NMAX Centrium, now the PV Mart Centrium, Westerner Grounds, they have it in all the buildings, because this is where we used to have our 4-8 shows, too, in the ag buildings in the back. The ice cream there, the soft serve, is to die for. Hmm. It it is must-have. I like like the twist in a cup, little chocolate vanilla swirl. Up in the cup, you get a little spoon. Fork, fork <laughs> it into your maw over the court. Usually, I like to get that at the second intermission. Get it there. Really? Usually, I'll get myself a hot dog and maybe a few too many beers from the start of the game to that point, and then I'll polish it off with a twist in a cup for dessert. You put the sprinkles on there, or what? Or no, 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 no sprinkles. Why not? I don't know if you can get sprinkles there. I think you probably can. Uh, I mean. But now sprinkles, sprinkles. I just, I love the ice cream, man. Oh god. Maybe you should take Eddie I, there. Take <laughs> Eddie there. Eddie, Eddie can come with me to the Revs game, and I'll be like, "Here you go, Eddie." <laughs> he won't know what to do with it. No, it's not yeah. Spumoni. Spumoni. <laughs> yeah, they they might have sprinkles at the Westerner concession stands. I doubt they got uh, a crushed pistachio to to sprinkle across the top. You know, a lot of people in the Toronto media, and we, it's just amazing to feel that some people think that this is possible and they think that that he's going to he's going to do it. Austin Matthews had a hat trick last night in Toronto uh, in Calgary for Toronto. So he's got 37 goals. And everyone starts talking about 50 and 50. Mm-hmm. So he'd have to have 13 goals in the last 7 games. He does score in bunches. In the next 7 games. Yeah, thir- so he said. You said the last 7 games. Oh, 
Well, to get to 50. In the, in the last in 50 and 50. Yeah, to get 13 goals. He needs 13 goals in, in the, the next seven games. Well, the, yeah, okay, the last seven the games. The last of seven 50. games? No, the last seven games to get to 50. Okay. Right. If the 50 if the fifty game mark of the last. So I understand. F- figure it out, Duke. Okay. I mean, okay. I think you could have worded that a little more clearly. Well, Bob was already on me for something. <laughs> about Bob. I didn't even read it. Sorry, Bobby. Uh, when I said uh, the Short Park Crusaders, I was. Well, you're talking about Spencer, Spruce, yeah. Yeah, Spencer was here, and I said, ah, Spruce Grove Saints. Oh, sorry, Bob. I mean, I don't know why. He must have said something with Saints anyway, but uh, anyway, sorry, Bob. Again, another mistake by me. 37 goals in 43 games so far for Austin Matthews. And half of Leafs Nation, more than half, according to recent polls, if you want to call it that, about half, let's call it that think that he'll get 50 and 50 which i mean that would be amazing i don't think it's i don't think he's gonna do it it's t- i mean that's a, no. that's an incredibly difficult pace to to maintain like if he hadn't scored a hat trick last night if, if we're even, not talking if, if he about got it, one yeah. is it even in the realm of conversation this morning <laughs> duke is complicating <laughs> things kev you made perfect sense we understood you thanks hvac nick okay well I mean, hey, uh, I'll put my dunce cap on for the rest of the morning here. Far from the first time I've ever done that. But I, I just, I, I love when someone takes just a little bit of heat off me for a few seconds. Yeah, it's rare. It, it's, it is very rare. <laughs> it's, uh, it's rare you get the backup yes. from the text line. Well, we had another good week, Duke. I think. Uh, oh, great, great week. Great, a lot, lot of great guests this week. It was awesome to hear tons of insight from across the world of sports. Lots of uh, amateur stuff with. Um, uh, the tournament in St. Albert this yeah. weekend. John uh, Reed. Junior Oilers game tonight. Uh, Oil Kings with the, the big event Sunday. If So we gave uh, Blake was our winner of the tickets. Yeah. Uh, shout out, Blake. Big thank you again to Big Easy for serving those up. Um, Are like, we able to do the curling things uh, I, uh, later gonna, in the day? I think we're going to try and uh, we're going to start it, uh, the word going out here. So if you're listening now, we're going to, during Fantasy Frenzy, give away three passes to the curling event in Red Deer this weekend for, for tomorrow's, I think, the three draws tomorrow. It was the thing from Lee. So if you're interested and you're able to go, stick around for the start of Fantasy Frenzy, and we'll get mm-hmm. that uh, teed up. Uh, JR and Redder says uh, the Centrium definitely has sprinkles, Duke. There we go. I've, I'm not a sprinkles guy. I like the ice cream raw. I like to raw dog it. Nard Dog says, Kevin, you're in the wrong here. <laughs> Take your loss. Don't what, double down. What do we say? What do we say? Very rare that I, we got somebody backing you up, and here it, it didn't last long. It was a great 30 seconds. <laughs> it was a great 30 seconds. Uh, thanks, uh, HVAC. Uh, Nick, Matthews will beat McDavid's goal total of last year is the question, in or out. Hmm. There we go. I think I, I might be in on that. I think he could get – he, he's he's on pace for 70. Yeah. Which, again, a Very impressive feat. I mean, yeah. go, goodness. Uh, what when he, when what, was the last time we saw 70 in a season? Um, well, man, you're putting did me some, on the spot. Did somebody... Donovan, like, what are you doing? Post, post <laughs> like, was, like, since Solani, has somebody scored 70 in a season? Uh, geez, that's 70. That's a hot number. I'm 99% sure no. <laughs> our, our crack research team, Donovan the intern, says he's 99% sure no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where he came up with that percentage, but... Maybe Alex McGilney? I don't know. It's a lot of goals. Indeed. <laughs> Timo Solani had it in 90... His rookie year. Yeah. 93. Alex McGilney, same year. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah, so 76-76. Wow. 
See, Donovan, this is where like an intern would go, let me get on that, you know? <laughs> he's busy. He's preparing. Oh. Cut the cord. Oh, is he going to have the update? Is, he's, oh, right. he's ready. He, Donovan, the intern, on the ones and twos for the lowdown Beautiful. today. So we're getting him as many reps here as we can. <laughs> uh, thanks so much to our guest today, Jason Greger. Uh, he will be very busy today with the Jason Greger Show. Uh, Mark Spector, Dan Rosen, Spencer Love, Zoe Sager in studio talking about the big wrestling match at the Oil Kings game on Sunday. Ryan Leslie from uh, Rogers Sportsnet, Nate Perny and Lee Zalaski, uh, Junior Oilers, a big game of the day for uh, St. Albert Dodge tonight, 8.15, Bill Hunter Arena. Check it out if you want. And, of course, our co-host every Friday, Eddie Steele. From 7 to 9. Brought to you by Bonton Bakery. Uh, it's Bonton's long fermentation sourdough breads are not only delicious, but they are also good for digestion and are a diabetes-friendly alternative. Check out their full lineup of bread in-store or order online at bonton.ca. Coming up at the top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with... <laughs> the former Ross Shep T-Bird. Connor Halley and the Duke of Delburn. Brandon Douglas at uh, 12 o'clock. It will be the lowdown with Alan Mitchell till 2 o'clock. And then uh, Jason Greger takes us home from uh, 2 o'clock to 6 with the Jason Greger Show. Thanks so much for listening today. Thanks for your interaction. Really appreciated all the texts. It was great to have uh, uh, some input from all our uh, listeners. We're so very fortunate to have you along every morning from 7 to 11. Uh, Have a great weekend, everyone. Uh, Top of the hour, it's Fantasy Frenzy. Before that, here is a Sports 1440 update with the lovely and talented Donovan, the intern.